Hello there, this is Grant Palmentier, the editor of all the podcasts here at CM Life. I just wanted to give you a warm welcome to our first summer podcast. This summer we're running a series of some of our podcasts that we've run already throughout the school year, but they're going to be going into the summer. So there may be some changes in quality, some differences in formats. We're going to be testing some stuff, but it'll be the same shows that you know and love. So stay tuned and get strapped in and ready to go for this podcast. Thanks. The following podcast contains explicit material. What is going up, guys? And welcome to the Ringmasters podcast for one of our very special summer specials that we've got going on. I am Austin, and joined with me, as always, is my good buddy, Chad. Chad, how you doing this summer? I'm doing pretty well, you know? I mean, the weather could be a little nicer. You know, it's 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 rained every day, but you know what's not gonna rain on my parade? Um, audio equipment failing. That's not gonna ruin our time. Yeah, and for right now, um, just so you know, we are not recording in our normal studio. We are recording off of Skype right now from our homes because they locked the studio down. We can't get back in for the summer, so this is what you gotta deal with, at least. Yep, I am um, in my living room. I'm in my bedroom right now, but it's okay because joining with us today is a very special man from Inside the Ropes. It is our good friend, David. David, how you doing? Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's David J. McCutcheon here. Inside the Ropes represent. You guys are doing the pirate radio gig uh, right now. You, it, it doesn't matter that they've locked the studio down. They can't lock you out from your list. Exactly. They, they, they can't take the studio Away from your hearts, gentlemen. You sea dogs can't bust this pirate yard. Hell no, son. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I gotta thank David once for, once again for coming onto the show because I got to run into, I got to meet David uh, at the Inside the Robes Paul Heyman show, which once again was absolutely incredible. You guys put on an incredible show. Um, you were much. you were running the merch table and you were selling like a motherfucker. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we, we we ended up uh, churning out four figures that night in terms of merch. So, you know, wow. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, 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 I just have such a warm and inviting personality. And, and you know, <laughs> all, all of the sexual favors that I had to pull in order to make that money. You know, I mean, you know, we sold like four T-shirts, but the rest mostly came in sexual favors. I mean, yeah, so but whatever gets the money. So right, right. You, you, you have to make your money one way or the other. I was going to say whatever, whatever gets the bills paid. The, the ramen will not purchase itself. No, 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 exactly. But yeah, so you guys did an incredible job with that show. Probably one of the highlights for a lot of people's WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans, um, which was just so much fun to be at um, and meeting Paul Heyman, meeting you guys. I ran into Kenny like three freaking times that weekend because like we just kept running into each other constantly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just nonstop. It's kind of funny, though, who you will run into. And Austin, I've got a story for you guys about who I ran into in New Orleans. Let's I, hear it. I, I think you guys are going to like this. Uh, we went to Bourbon Street numerous times, as one is uh, wont to do. And coming out of Bourbon Street right before WrestleMania, we were walking down and they have these things where it is a legal marijuana truck. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think I know where this is going. And and they, they, they have these legal marijuana trucks, and I guess they sell, like, uh, lollipops and uh, brownies, cookies, I, mostly edibles. I don't know if there was any, like, uh, herbal smoking devices that were sold. Um, but regardless, we're walking out of Bourbon Street, 
And everybody goes, oh, holy shit, it's him. I can't believe it's him. And so anytime you hear that walking around WrestleMania week, you know that it's going to be like a wrestler of some sort. Right outside, and I shit you not, swear to God on my wife's life, this is a true story. Right outside of the weed truck is none other than Mr. Monday Night. I Mr. knew Peter it. Yes. Rob I knew it too. Van Dam. Oh, did, he have his, did he have his dog's ashes? Uh, he did not have his dog's ashes. No, I think his, <laughs> I think his, uh, I think his wife requiesced those and uh, whisked them away into, oh, into the nether realm. But what yeah, a shame. No, yeah, yeah. What, what, what a shame! What a shame! He did uh, have some ashes of some kind, though, because he was smoking something. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what. I wasn't that close, but I. Jokes did. on her! I replaced my dog's ashes with some different ashes. <laughs> Oh exactly. My God. Exactly. He was smuggling the uh, the dog ashes and putting those away, and just gave her essentially the butts of marijuana. Um, but yeah, ki- kind of fun seeing Rob there, and he was stoned as fuck. You know, he was like, "Hey, man, what's what's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> do, do, doing the Rob Van Dam finger pose uh, as he was in line. I just imagine him though, you know, because they they had all these like lollipops of all different flavors. I used to imagine him with like a row of lollipops, you know, like. 12 in his mouth from one smile to the other, from one side of the smile to the other. I won't so, stop till I get to the Tootsie Roll Center. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that, that is my Rob Van Dam uh, New Orleans story. And he and he showed up at the Inside the Ropes Paul Heyman show just out of freaking nowhere, too. So it goes from seeing Rob Van Dam at that show to seeing him with some weed suckers in his mouth. He was probably yeah. baked as fuck. He probably strolled in and was like, uh, is this where I can get the weed pops? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And what's funny is, too, uh, I'm going to let you guys in on a little inside knowledge that no one else knows except Let's go. Man, getting the group. scoop here at Ringmasters. Yeah, we had no idea that Rob Van Dam was showing up that night. That was an entire surprise on Paul Heyman's part. So Paul ended up uh, swinging that under the table. He had something as a big surprise. Uh, My uh, cohort and the owner of Inside the Ropes, uh, Kenny McIntosh, asked him, he goes, so you've got a surprise for tonight? And Paul just smiled at him and goes, you'll see. And it (laughs) it ends up that it was uh, Rob Van Dam. Now, we did coordinate Jim Ross uh, coming out there. Jim Ross, a... A uh, huge friend of uh, Inside the Ropes. He's currently going to be on tour with Inside the Ropes later this year. Uh, you can go, if you are in the UK, which chances are you're not, but you never know how far this <laughs> will reach. Uh, if you are in the UK, you can go to insidetheropes.co.uk and purchase tickets. Uh, he's going to be in Ireland, uh, Scotland, England. Um, no Wales this time, I don't believe, but Regardless, uh, a whole lot, a whole lot of places for Jim Ross. So there is the obligatory uh, plug, and there is also general admission tickets still remaining for uh, next week's tour with Chris Jericho. Oh man, you got! I gotta tell you, I gotta it say, must though, be guys, nice to be successful. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> you guys are killing the game right now with Inside the Ropes. Like, I, I I say this all the time. Your boss Kenny is quite possibly, and I will fight people over this. The best wrestling interviewer in the world right now. He is so good at his job. You guys are so good at putting together your podcast. Just, pr- I'm just gonna praise you guys for a little bit because you guys are very very good and you deserve all the success that you guys are getting right now 
Uh, well, I mean, you know, you, if you want to flatter me, you, you can feel free to keep talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but no, sincerely, thank you for that. We, 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 try to, uh, we try to put on a good show for everybody. Uh, we're trying to coordinate right now to get Jim Ross on the podcast and review Monday Night Raw with us uh, in the coming weeks. We'll see how that goes. That's, that's still a little up in the air, but I mean, uh, Jim's willing to do it, I know, but it's just a matter of getting schedules aligned. So, uh, well, if, if you're ever in the market, if you're ever in the market uh, and you need, you need some, uh, some attractions to a tour or something, I happen to know two podcast hosts that uh, are, have almost their entire summer uh, uh, free for bookings. Just about. I, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure. Now, what is the asking price, though? Because I did get paid uh, $40 for working that merch booth. I will no give way. you $40 <laughs> if it means we're booked. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you, you can be the, uh, the warm-up act. There we so go. I'll t- we'll take now, it. Now, now, it may be for a James Ellsworth tour, who we did just do a uh, one-night show with. And uh, J- James had a lot of funny stories to tell if you guys ever get a chance to see James Ellsworth on tour for, like, a spoken word deal. Uh, really funny guy, and he wasn't afraid to uh, share some uh, backstage gossip and uh, fun stories uh, from the road. I I well, did see so. I did see James Ellsworth when I was at WrestleCon. Didn't get a chance to talk to him because I was waiting in line for Kenny Omega, and I oh, just was, I was terrified of getting out of line for that. So I was just like, oh look, there's James Ellsworth. I'm just gonna take a picture and be like, okay, I saw James Ellsworth. Awesome. Yeah, right. And you know, it's it's kind of sad though because like WrestleCon, man, oh man, that place was packed and sweaty and oh, gross. Yeah, no, yeah, we went up to the Young Bucks and they're like Sydney Sydney wanted to hug every one of them and they they were just like, "Are you sure we're sweaty as hell right now?" And she's like, "I don't care." <laughs> yeah, the the uh WrestleCon from last year to this year like the biggest difference in the world last year was in this huge gigantic convention center and the floor plan was uh probably four or five times the size of the one there so people could actually walk around and not feel like overwhelmed or have to suck in their gut in order to get through so it was uh it was a real nasty experience my favorite person that i got to meet at uh wrestlecon though uh, I was wearing my Bull Nakano t-shirt. I love Bull Nakano. Uh, my number one crush of all time, you guys. There is nothing like a uh, built Japanese woman with a spiked hairdo that is taller than me to get <laughs> that my could, motors That could ready. kill you. Yes, that, absolutely. That could just twist you in a knot. That, 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 that's my lady, right? So I'm wearing my <laughs> Bull Nakano t-shirt, and I go up to meet my Noro Suzuki. And I got that motherfucker to pop from my T-shirt. So I was on cloud nine. He did not kill me. He probably could have. And uh, he even handed us the uh, IWGP intercontinental title for a uh, photo opportunity. So I can imagine. I can imagine right now that Chad is shitting his pants hearing that story right now. Yeah, it it, it was great. He just pointed at my uh, T-shirt. You know, he doesn't speak English and. He pointed at my T-shirt and he just lit up and he goes, "Bull!" And I that's, go, yeah. that's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling from ear to ear, just and so it was one of those deals, though, right? Like you you approach a guy like Minoru Suzuki, and you realize your life could be over at any. Oh moment. yeah. Like 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 if he decides that you're dead, you he can kill you. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying man. But 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 a lovely man. Just. 
terrifying. It's like approaching the uh, the mob or the yakuza, right? Like uh-huh. you, you, you go up to them, you better have the utmost respect, or else you're going to be dead in a ditch somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, exactly. Now, did you get the chance to talk to one and only Josh Matthews? Because Chad has a little bit of uh, bad blood with Josh Matthews. Oh, Why would I waste my time talking to a <laughs> such as Josh Matthews? Have I, Austin, have I shared with you my, my Josh Matthews impression? No, you have not shared that. Oh, one. man. Okay, well, get ready. Since oh, it's the boy. summer, since it's the summer uh, special and, and we're not tied down. Uh, well, you know, I'm Josh Matthews and I'm the best damn thing in this business. And, and you know what, David? You would be damn blessed to be with the Impact Grand Champion, Josh Matthews. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, I have to say, I have to say that that's a pretty good Josh Matthews, first and foremost. Secondly, uh, Josh Matthews, I feel, hasn't really contributed much to the business at in all the past in the past, I would say, 25 years. <laughs> so, so Josh Matthews, if you're listening to this, I'm putting you on blast, buddy. Listen, he doesn't listen to this because he blocked me on Twitter a long time ago. <laughs> uh, to be fair, uh, I, I, I've been blocked by JBL without even mentioning him. I didn't tag <laughs> him. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I tweeted the hashtag fire JBL. I think he was just going down the people using that hashtag and just blocking every single See, one. Of- I didn't even use the hashtag. I tweeted yeah. at him, said at JBL, and then said, you're a douchebag. And he blocked <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> I did neither one of those things. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did compliment Mauro Ranallo before all of the bullying shit even happened. And yeah. then I got blocked. So that, that's how I knew that all the bullying allegations were 100% true. Have you guys because- seen the sh- – the trailer for his uh, documentary on Showtime for Morrow. Oh, it looks phenomenal. It looks amazing. Oh, I thought you were talking about a JBL documentary. Hell I no. was like, why the fuck would I watch a JBL documentary? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that the, looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Morrow one, fantastic, man. I, I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. Absolutely, man. But yeah, now that we got at least a little little story time going off with um, our WrestleMania stories that we had this year. You know, my um, WrestleMania story was I sat at home and watched the show. Yeah, he almost got it. He almost got it, but he had to get married that damn yeah, day. I had to have my wife that marry me the same weekend. Jesus, I, I was going to say that you saved a lot of money, but no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that that was the dumbest mistake, sir. You 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 you, you 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 missed out on a vacation, but meanwhile you spent the same exact amount of money on a wedding. Oh. Yes, yes, so, but it's it's okay. It, it's okay. That, you you can you can tell yourself that. I'm I'm sure that you'll sleep better at night. When yeah. WrestleMania comes to Detroit, I'll hit that one up. There there, there you go, guys. There you you go. almost got it. We almost got it. We just no, no, need, I, I, we need I, another I, WrestleMania so that way we can not have the only WrestleMania the only WrestleMania in Detroit be the one with Donald Trump. Yeah, well, it wasn't the only, yeah. but it's the most recent one. With, yeah, there, there needs to be a uh, Midwest WrestleMania. I can actually make those next year in New York City. I can't afford that shit. I'm not made of money, and I even have a cush job. Like I, I still can't afford it. So I'll tell you what, guys. Whenever they uh, bring a WrestleMania to Detroit or St. Louis, because I've got family in Detroit and I am located in St. Louis, 
then the drinks are on me. Oh, hell yeah. I don't drink, but hell yeah. And we go, I do drink, so go. I'll drink Austin's. Yes, yes, I was going to say. Then the wings will be on me, sir. Yes. <laughs> if, we go to, if it's in St. Louis, the baguettes are on you. Yes, yes, it's true. It's true. You need, you need that bread company, that, that sweet uh, St. Louis bread company, Panera Bread deal. Yes. So yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Now, we, last, last time we recorded was just before the Greatest Royal Rumble. So we've been away for a little bit, and we've already missed a shit ton. But we're yeah. not going to go over everything that's happened since we last recorded our last podcast. However, I do want to comment on something because we have David here, because it seems like the Inside the Ropes crew has a certain way they feel about a certain Roman Reigns because after the end of the show at the Paul Heyman show at WrestleMania weekend, Kenny McIntosh finished the show saying good night everybody and fuck Roman Reigns. <laughs> now, and then the I, WWE proceeded to fuck Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. <laughs> just about yeah, now I'm always the one to try to defend Roman cuz I don't want to hate the guy, but recently sure. what they've Recently, what they've been doing with Roman has just pissed me off. Now, I wanted yeah. to get your guys' thoughts on the whole Roman gender feud they seem to be building oh right boy. now. Oh, boy. I mean, I mean, for me, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, we have two guys that we want to get over so desperately. You know, we've put titles on them. We've had the main event pay-per-views. We've had them both beat Randy Orton. What else is there to really do? I've, I've got an idea, damn it. Let's let's make them wrestle each other. Eh, Roman Reigns will get Jinder Mahal over. Well, Vince, that's a great idea. And it's ju it's just been awful. You know, it's it's a boring feud. I mean, Roman Reigns is a good wrestler, but because his character is just so boring, it translates to his wrestling. Like you can be a phenomenal wrestler. Like look at Randy Orton. You know, he he's a he character-wise, he's very very good, but his wrestling style bores me to tears. And if you're going, you like for me, character and wrestling style, they go hand in hand, but like they both have to be strong. And if one is going to lack, your character can really push it and you can be an, a mediocre wrestler, but be a phenomenal character and be popular. Um, but it's when it's when you're like Roman Reigns, where your character and your booking is awful. And that's not his fault. But, you know, it's I can't boo the writers every week, so I have to boo Roman Reigns. It's, it's unfortunate, but. And then you look at Jinder Mahal, and it's the same damn thing. Like, his personality is awful, and his wrestling, I don't care what anyone says, he's not ready for a main event style, uh, any spot on a card. His wrestling just can't add up to it. There's no reason why you can wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura and your match not be somewhat good. Like, it's just impossible. <laughs> uh, that, that's actually a point that I was going to make. With Jinder, uh, he's had bad matches with AJ Styles and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Chad Gable. These are guys that no one should be able to have a bad match against, but he's just nonstop putting in bad performances. And I will add this about the Roman Reigns thing. I, I actually like Roman Reigns as a wrestler. I feel that out of everybody that the WWE themselves has created, uh, not someone that they've gotten from the independent scene, I think that he's probably the best uh, product of NXT that has been taken from scratch out of like, you know, the Baron Corbins of the world and uh, the, the non-wrestlers, the Tino Sabatellis of that nature to where they, they take these guys and they put them into this uh, environment. Roman's easily the best of those guys. And I Besides Braun Strowman. And uh, 
well, Braun, Braun's still pretty green, but Braun has the character down, right? Like, yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing with that. As to where Roman is just sort of aimless. What is he? He's the big dog. Well, what does that mean? He has a yard. Okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> the, the, the issue that I have with Reigns, though, is at this point, I do kind of place a little bit of blame on Roman. I didn't for a few years there, but the moment that I started placing a bit of blame on Roman for his character just going absolutely nowhere was the moment he beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Because no matter what happens to him from that point forward, they can't take that accolade away from him. So automatically, he has a soapbox now, in which he can use to stand on and shout at management, hey, this isn't working for me. It's not like the management's just going to bury him. They put way too much time and effort and money, and they made The Undertaker lose to him at WrestleMania. They can never take that away, so that's something that he should always use as ammunition against the likes of creative whenever it comes to something that he disagrees with or finds too bland or vanilla. He has stroke now, guys. He has, he has the ability to go in there and usher in a change if he doesn't like it. The whole reason that Stone Cold Steve Austin became Stone Cold Steve Austin is they put him in black trunks and they took away his mic time. And he went out there and he told Vince McMahon, hey, I can't get over if you don't give me a stick. I'm in black trunks. I'm a white guy with a shaved head and a goatee. There's nothing I can do to get over unless I can talk. And so because of that, because he, who had a lot less pull than Roman Reigns, because he was beating up job guys on, you know, the uh, Sunday Night Heat equivalent, the mm -hmm. main event equivalent, on WWE programming, because he showed a little bit of uh, intestinal fortitude, he went out there and paved a way for himself. Roman has so many different uh, accomplishments at this point, yet he doesn't have the gall that Stone Cold Steve Austin had as a lower mid-card guy to go up to management and go, hey, this sucks, make something new for me. And the thing about Stone Cold is, you know, he wrestled for other companies. So he right. kind of saw, like, hey, this works, this doesn't. Roman doesn't right. have that. Roman has had WWE, and that is it. I'm sure yes. if Roman Reigns worked at, like, a Ring of Honor or a New Japan and then came to WWE and saw, like, how they treat their stars, I'm sure he'd probably be like, uh, this isn't working, let's do this. But because he hasn't, I, I really think he, like, he thinks I'm doing a good job. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. When in reality, no, you, like, you're absolutely right. You need to use your leverage because if you say, like, I make me a st like we're doing this or I'm gone. They will do what they will. They will not have Roman Reigns end up at Ring of Honor or New Japan. They absolutely will not. Even, even if it's just a simple, hey, I don't like this. I think you guys need to change it. Even if it's just a simple thing like that, just showing, you know, it's, it's sort of funny. Right before this big Seth Rollins push happened, uh, Rollins and Cena got into a little bit of a spat backstage. I don't know if you guys heard about this or knew about it, but uh, the, uh, there was a point right before this push that Seth Rollins didn't like what Cena was doing in the ring. I think it was after a match that he had with Elias. I could be entirely wrong about that, so don't quote me on that. But regardless, he didn't like one of the matches that Cena had. And he went up to Cena in front of everybody and said, hey, can I talk to you? Hold him aside and basically talked down to him and said, hey, look, you got to pull your weight around here. You got to put in your time right now. You're going out there and you're looking lazy and it's you're the leader. You're John Cena. You need to do more. That way, other people will look up to you and emulate you. And a lot of people, whenever he did that, 
a lot of people on the internet said, oh, he's done. He's done. He's, he's you know, he's going to be buried now because he stood up to Cena. And I correctly said, there's no way that happens because Cena's going to take that as a sign of respect. And so is the management because they're going to fall in line with Cena. Sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And right now we have a we have a Seth Rollins push that's going on right now. I would argue that Seth Rollins is the top baby face right now. I would agree with that. WWE. And so because of that, maybe maybe follow Seth's lead. I mean, you know, don't certainly don't go up to Cena and go, hey, you suck. No reason. That's Cena, this is my yard now. Right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, certainly don't go and start shit where shit does not need to be started. However, if you see things that you dislike in that that is uh, going in the direction of the company, since you are supposedly the big dog, hey, that's up to you to sort of point out the hypocrisy there and to go, hey, this needs to be corrected. Exactly. I mean, that's that's a really great way of putting it. What's really been bothering me with the whole Roman situation is just the the decision to write Roman Reigns as like this like stone cold like stand up to management saying that like I've got to fight against management. Management doesn't want to see me win. And then you have the onflux of the internet wrestling community that's just like this is utter bullshit. You say that you're fighting against management when you are in management's back pocket. Right. And it just doesn't it doesn't work for Roman. I don't know because like I, I I I get that. I get what they were trying to do with with like because I thought their their the build towards the Brock versus Roman match at this year's WrestleMania was a solid build. I thought they did a decent job of getting me invested in this match. The sure. match I felt like didn't really deliver, but I felt like the build to it did well. But now since Roman has lost that match and after that match, he just said like he was making all these excuses. He sounded super whiny with everything he was saying. It's like you say all this stuff, but then you lose to Brock at WrestleMania. So then there's no reason for us to believe that you can back anything that you say up. So yeah. the fact that they're continuing to write Roman this way after he lost that big match is ridiculous to me. And it's yeah. one of those things, too, where, you know, and it's one of those things. They are so stubborn to just admit that in this day and age, fans know what's going on. We know that Roman Reigns is your guy. So when you go out there and Roman says, you know, Brock's, Brock is Vince's, uh, is Vince's boy, and that's why I'm going to have the odds stacked against me. No, that's not the directive. That's not the approach you should take. Because, yes, children may buy that, but children aren't really buying your tickets for your pay-per-views. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we are. <laughs> and, and beyond that, too, I mean, you look at the average age demographic of the WWE right now, and uh, it, it's I, I don't know the exact age, but it's people that are over 45 years old. That's the, yeah. that's that's the demographic that's coming. It's not guys that are mine and your age. And uh, they, they have a good uptick in young women who are watching, which is great. And young girls. That's fantastic. But right now, their demographic is men that are like 55 years old. And what that tells you is they're not churning out. Uh, they're, they're not bringing in new fans. The, the fans, the majority of the fan base that they have is something that's already been built in and evergreen. They're never going to leave no matter what, because it's just something that it's, it's a part of their routine. It, it's, it's like comfort food almost. It, it's, it's the routine that they do in order to uh, get through the work week or anything of that nature. So right now what they need to be focusing on is how to 
bring in the young male demographic the way that I feel like the Young Bucks have and uh, with, with the Hot Topic deal and the Funko Pop deal and all of this that the Young Bucks have been doing and the independent wrestling scene as a whole with New Japan and Progress and all, all these other uh, independents across nations, no less. And it's so and it's so frustrating because you look at the people on that roster and like the, more than half of your roster have been major players for those companies. Like yes. if you just let them do their thing and just eat, don't don't give them a scripted promo. Like, hey, go cut a promo. I don't care. Like, let's let those wrestlers be themselves. And I guarantee you, you would get better matches, better stories, better characters, and we would tune in. I and think that, and yeah, you know, sorry to cut you off, but the thing that I really bothers me too about them like overly scripting these promos and having all this overly scripted stuff is that your editing team can edit this stuff to their heart's content. You can change things in the editing booth for the video packages to put for the pay-per-view. So if there's something that somebody says in an unscripted promo, you can cut that out. It's like you can, there's, <laughs> there's enough room to fix shit that people say on air. Um, right. But in but when you cut the but when you allow them to cut these promos, first of all, it seems much more real to the audience. So they're willing to buy into it much more than they would if they were to cut like a John Cena-esque jokey promo or just a boring a slog heel or babyface promo that we've heard countless times. Um, and then once you do that, then like once they cut an actual legitimate promo that feels real, if there's something that you don't like, cut that out. But then all of a sudden your storylines feel real. So I don't understand this Stockholm syndrome of no, everything has to be heavily scripted even though you can edit this shit yeah and you know the real bad part about that too is every promo sounds like it's been delivered by the same guy despite it there being numerous people who are cutting the promos if you have a baron corbin promo or uh you know a mojo raleigh promo it all sounds like it's coming from the same guy and that's because it's being written by the same team and approved by the one man so Ultimately, you can give the same, it would be like tuning in to The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, and every single character is spouting the same exact verbiage that the one character would spout. It's like they have generic heel and generic baby face, and they just line those up, and the only way to differentiate them is they'll, spi they'll spice up the, uh, the promo by saying, uh, like, for instance, with a Bobby Roode promo, you'll say the word glorious three times. And then all of a sudden that's the Bobby Roode promo. You just took, you copy and pasted the babyface promo and sprinkled in a little bit of glorious and boom, there you go. It's a Bobby Spr Roode promo. Sprinkle they've, in their trademark catchphrases. They've yes, absolutely exactly. ruined Bobby Roode. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that guy, that guy needs a heel turn more than anyone else on the he roster. Could, oh, yeah. Even, even more than that. Roman Reigns, I think. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> and you know, what's funny if they, if they would have had and replaced Jinder Mahal with Bobby Roode in this angle and you have Bobby Roode turn on Roman Reigns, yeah. I am 10 times more interested in the story. Uh, absolutely. There, there's no doubt. And the funny thing about the, the gender thing, too, is their logic behind booking this the way that they are is that uh, Roman gets booed no matter what. Right. No matter who he's in there against. So they're looking at opponents heel opponents who they can put him in there with who would get more booze than he would. And so Vince's logic is if we put him in there with gender who no one likes, 
maybe we can juxtapose those boos with some cheers on Roman's side. And in theory, that works. In practice, what you're going to see is WrestleMania all over again, where the fans completely tune out to the match. They boo both guys just as loud. They chant, this is awful. They bring out the dreaded beach balls. They do everything else that uh, you wouldn't want them to do. Or it could be what they what happened with the uh, Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns match, and they all just walk out to beat the traffic. Yep. Yep. I've I, I've I've gone on record multiple times saying that I think beach balls are the anti antichrist of the wrestling world. Yes, uh, for Roman for Roman Reigns, Jinder Mahal, I wouldn't even give a shit if beach balls came out for that match because I am so turned off by this feud. I am so turned off by the idea of putting these two guys together. This is the yeah. worst possible thing you could do for both of these guys to now, try now, to help what both would these you guys. Do? What would you do if that match main evented Money in the Bank? I'd probably just turn it off. I wouldn't. Yeah. I I would legitimately not want to watch that. There's. I have no interest in watching that. I will read what happened on the website the next day because I do not want to watch that match because I know especially that with it being me, it'll offer me nothing. Yeah, especially with it being Money in the Bank. Like I'll watch the if that's the main event. I will watch everything up into the ladder match and then I will turn it off. I'll watch. Let I'll me, catch up on being the elite. I need to catch up on being the elite. I'll just spend the rest of the time doing that. Let, let, let me in. Uh, let me let you guys in on a dirty little secret of mine. You guys, go ahead. I am secretly hoping that that is the main event for my oh, bank. You just want to see it burn. You just want to see I, it burn. I I, 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 I can't help it. You guys, I love a little bit of chaos. And the great thing about that is Money in the Bank is in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, guys. my God. Yep. Imagine. Imagine. I, I just want to see the social CM experiment. Chance galore. I, I just want to see the social experiment of putting Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns as the last match on a card. I want to see if people would chant CM Punk. I want to see if people would just leave the arena and it would just be like 5,000 people left in the 20,000-seat stadium. I'm, I'm I'm just a curious guy. I like a little bit of chaos in my day to day, Chad. I like a little bit of chaos, Austin. I like hey, this. Hashtag cancel WWE Network. Do you think that would get Vince McMahon to realize? Oh, we are doing something wrong. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I, I I absolutely don't. I don't think it would prove anything. I, I I think I think he would be in the back and he'd go, ah ha ha, they're shitting all over it. Little did we little did we know that David is cosplaying right now, talking about this match as Heath Ledger's Joker. Yes, yes. <laughs> Insert a little chaos into the world. Exactly, and whenever I stand up, you can see my Roman Reigns vest proudly flapping in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that that is by far the um. Oh, yeah, that is by far just the worst. See, and this is why I prefer scenario. And this is why I per I prefer. Like literally any other company compared to them. Sometimes. Speaking because... of any other company. <laughs> oh, good segue. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off right there, Chad, though. But I we got to talk about this. The his, history making show that is all in because I really wanted to talk about that with you guys. Yes. Yes. As do I want to talk about that. Now, yeah, there's no doubt. All, all in a show put together by the Bullet Club, seemingly just so they can spite, um, just so they can spite Dave Meltzer putting on a 10,000 uh, person arena show in Chicago. 
Um, tickets sold out in less than 30 minutes. And shockingly, me, Chad, and my little sister, Cindy, were able to get our hands on some tickets for the show. Boom! We're all in, baby! Yeah, we're, all, we're all in. I cannot believe we were able to get a hold of I had to call into the actual arena just so I could get tickets. And at that wow. point, it was like, even the lady working it almost thought they were sold out, but we just got some decent tickets. When you, um, sell, when you, told, when, when you sent me a picture of the three tickets... I literally was at my work and I shit myself with it with excitement. Like I literally could not believe you guys. I was like, I can't believe you got tickets. <laughs> like literally I could not believe it. When, when Sydney was like, Oh, we're going to get tickets now. I was like, Oh, best of luck. Let me know if you get them. Like we were so I, ignorant thinking, Oh yeah, we can get floor seats. We can get floor seats. <laughs> nah, we'll just take second row in the upper, upper bowl. That, that's good enough for us really. But, but you know what? I don't care where we're sitting. Like we are a, part of history exactly like shout shout out goes to the elite the cody and the bucks for just selling this thing so great with their at that there was only one match that was confirmed and that was cody rhodes versus the nwa champion that was the only match that was confirmed at that point there was there's still no matches that have been confirmed for the show but they have sold it so unbelievably well that other wrestling promotions and other wrestling like promoters need to take note of this is how you sell a show. Like and this is how you do business. And that's one of those things too. I'm a, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, David, I am a hardcore Cody Rhodes fan, you know? Oh, um, oh and I, and goodness. I, and I, and I have liked him before he uh, went to the independence. I, when yes. he was at WWE, I said like th- this guy is literally wasting his career away. Um, I would say that all the time. And when he left, I said he is going to be one of the biggest stars in the independence, if not the biggest star. And all my friends were like, I mean, he's okay. And I was like, no, no, he trust me. And it really shows exactly what is right in professional wrestling, in my opinion, with this show. It shows you what happens when you are passionate, not even wrestlers, just passionate individuals in a business that you love and you take effort and pride in what you do and you set up this show that I guarantee you no matter what that card is it is better than half maybe even more than half of the WWE pay-per-views they put out this year and and Cody, yeah Cody's an honorary honorary ringmaster because he gave us our first soundbite for this show I went oh. to the Ring of Honor show in Mount Pleasant and I waited in line to meet him and I got a picture with him in the Ring of Honor belt and he gave me a sound bite and I met Brandy's parents and his niece. Now, now I have a question for you. Brandy Rhodes is the most attractive human being, uh, man or woman, uh, gender neutral. It doesn't even matter. Uh, most attractive human being on the planet. What do her parents look like? Um, old, <laughs> but, but sweet. They were, I, I, I don't honestly don't remember exactly what they look like, but I will say they were very, very nice. So here's a story. Actually, I haven't told you this, the story. I don't think I've, I think I might've said this on ringmasters, but I'm not sure, but I was waiting in line and I, and I finally get to the front and the person who went right before me, uh, asked him, um, about, or mentioned that he did, cause he did talk as Jericho like a week before I, uh, that show. So he said, Hey, I heard you on talk as Jericho. Like it's great. And he said, yeah, I don't really do that many podcasts because I usually take a soundbite of what I said and turn it against me. Um, but yeah, I, I always, oh. I, I always say yes to Chris Jericho and I had planned on asking for a soundbite like that entire time. So when he oh. said that, I literally was like, Oh no, 
Oh, God. <laughs> Should I ask him? Should I ask him? I'm not going to ask him. And so I get there. I, I introduce myself. I say, you know, I'm a huge fan. He signs a little picture that he gave me. I get a picture with the belt. And then out of nowhere, and then like I, I just spews out of my mouth. I know you just said you don't like to do podcasts, but will you give me a soundbite for my podcast? And he looked at me and said, yeah, I can do that, man. And then he said, what do you want me to say? And I said, uh, and he said, well, why don't you think about it? And he told me to have a seat. And I sat next to Cody Rhodes and hung out with him uh, and like five or six fans that were getting autographs and pictures. And then Brandy, like I said, Brandy Rhodes uh, family come up because because she's from Michigan. And he's like, he's like, oh, this is uh, this is the in-laws. And he introduced them by name, and I don't remember their names. But I was like, oh this is goodness. this is so fucking cool. And I met yeah. his niece, and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then he gave me the soundbite, and it's one of the best memories I have had as a wrestling fan. Uh, Co- Cody is a uh, fantastic guy, and uh, I-, I can't say much, but we're uh, looking forward to working with him in the future. Uh, that should be the one that you bring us on for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see, there you go. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and obviously we also were able to get our hands on StarCast uh, tickets, which have also, like, the, the platinum, gold, and silver have already sold out. General, yes. I believe, are still available right now, but, yeah, no, we were able to get our hands on those, um, and hopefully we'll be able to see Inside the Ropes on Podcast Row. Not been announced yet, but we're hoping. Yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly hoping. You know, I didn't even get tickets for All In. I am not All In! Oh, man, I, 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 I got shut out on the ticket front. I, I put uh, Sandra, uh, our 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 podcasting Son- co-host. Shout out to Sandra. She's amazing. We need to yes. hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and fellow Michigander. Uh, exactly. And, and the, uh, the 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 sad part was, though, uh, while I was recording a podcast with Kenny for our Patreon page, um, Patreon dot com forward slash inside the ropes. Uh, cheap plug. Uh, we were uh, we were recording that, and Sandra was on ticket to tail, and she failed. You failed, Sandra. You couldn't. Well, scalpers are selling them for like a hundred, couple hundred dollars if you're if you're no, selling them. No, not even that. Thousand, yeah. thousand. Right? Yeah. yeah. We, I looked yesterday, and the cheapest tickets are like two hundred a pop. So I mean, I'm gonna be all in one way or the other. But I'm trying to get all in uh, in some other capacity. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. So we're, we're 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 trying the we're trying the side door of all in. <laughs> any any way you can get all in is all that matters, right, really. Right, any. right, right, I, I, exactly. But yeah, I, I will be at uh, all in. So if anybody is going to be down there, uh, one way or the other, I will be there. Um, we're 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 trying, man. We we've got the attention of uh, Starcast. Oh man, de- so. de- we will definitely hang out when you're there. Like when when yes. we're there. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there is no doubt. There is no doubt. So um, we I, are, I am planning on it because it is a hop, skip, and a jump from both you and I to Chicago. So yeah, oh yeah. So, so that that's an easy drive, easy breezy. So yeah, not yeah, not too bad. Yeah, Austin now, and I are also, and if we're not allowed to talk about this, uh, Grant can edit it out. But me and Austin are also uh, trying to get press passes there, so so we can cover some things. That that would be awesome, you guys. Because yeah. I figured if I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna work. Exactly. Yeah, we gotta get some work in there. Yeah. yeah. It, it, exactly. Get the uh, get the boots to the ground. I highly recommend that for you guys because uh, any small step that you can make uh, towards making something bigger it, it always helps. We I, started our first tour with uh, DDP on a whim, and that was boy, I don't know, four or five years ago. And ever since then, uh, you know, it all it all started from there just by reaching out. 
And ever since then, we've had tours with uh, Sting, Paul Heyman, Chris Jericho. Uh, Shawn Michaels. James Shawn Ellsworth. Ma- Shawn Michaels. Uh, we've had Bret Hart over. Uh, and then, then, like, on the lower rung, too, you've got the James Ellsworths, the, uh, the, the, uh, the Sonnies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Scott Steiner. So it, 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 it's all about diversifying your bonds, ladies and gentlemen. That's the... That is the one thing that I can tell you to take away. Don't always aim for the biggest fish in the pond. Start a little bit smaller and then work your way up. Great, great advice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I now, have a I have a maybe an unrealistic goal, but I have a goal that next year for StarCast, we get at least a we get a booth. That's 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 my personal goal that I want us to get. Damn it. You're going to make it happen. I damn it. can do it. I know this. Even if it's just being your merch guy, we're going to get Yes, there. yes, exactly, exactly. I will pay you in expired hot dogs. There's oh. no doubt. And I'll give you $40, like I said. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that matters, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I, I can give that $40 to a bum to dive through the dumpsters and find the, the all the expired uh, concession food. And I will be like, if this is what gets me all in, and I'll eat every crumb of it. Yes, yes, there's no doubt. There is no doubt. Now, last thing I wanted to talk about All In, because obviously everybody's talked about that show, and we're all very excited to see what the Young Bucks and Cody do with this show. Um, It's going to be an incredible time. Uh, The main thing I wanted to talk about, too, about All In is the fact that my idol, my one and only, like my favorite pro wrestler of all time and one of my favorite people of all time, CM Punk is making his first wrestling appearance since he walked out on WWE. And I'm, I'm, I will get tickets. I will fight for those tickets because I must meet that man, shake his hand, give him a hug because I love that man to death. Oh man. I'm I'd like I've never I, I saw that and I freaked out like I've never been so excited for something. So I hopefully next time we I'm on this podcast, I will say I am going to meet my idol CM Punk because I need to meet that man. There's, there's no doubt. Now, my question to you guys, do you think that he is doing anything with all in? Because I, I really the, hope so. I, I, I know I know the, the meet and greet is being set up by pro wrestling tees and it's on the same weekend as all in it is but but does that mean i mean it's i i wouldn't necessarily just automatically jump to that conclusion because he is from chicago he does live in chicago pro wrestling tees is located in chicago so sometimes a coincidence is just a coincidence but also sometimes if there's smoke there's fire you know i think I don't. I don't uh, expect to see a to get a surprise match from CM Punk. Um, but if he did come out at the very end of the show to cut a promo and send us home even happier than what we already were, um, I would not be surprised if that happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I. I don't care if it's a match. If he made an appearance, if I heard Cult of Personality, I would cry. Uh, no, I, I think the very most that you could get out of CM Punk at this point would be for uh, him to come out and deliver like a GTS to somebody. And I, I would pop. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't think that we will, uh, in, in all honesty, I don't know if we'll ever see another CM Punk match again, which is truly a shame. But, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he did make an appearance and uh, show some sort of physicality. 
I guess it all depends on his UFC contract. That is true. Right? Yeah. Well, also, like, yeah, because the logistics of that. That's yeah. It's all this all ends going to be after his his next UFC fight, which hoping for the best that it goes much better than his first because that was that was hard to watch. It's a little tricky though because right now uh, he is in the midst of a lawsuit against uh, Jerry McDivitt and the WWE. Yeah, and that that trial is going to go uh, into session during his training for his next UFC fight. Hmm. That's that, rough, man. Yeah, I mean, crap. I, 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 I would hate to be giving live testimony uh, while I'm training for a fight. like That you have to take all of your focus to prepare for. That, that is a mental and a fiscal fight that he'll be taking in court. And then on juxtaposed to that, he's going to have the physical fight of the uh, UFC that's coming up. I think it's three weeks after his uh, court appearance. Against a guy like, who really wants to beat him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does not want to lose to CM Punk. Right, right, right. Especially after he got embarrassed in the first fight. So it's like, man, oh, man. Yeah, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. But I hope that we see Punk there in any capacity. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I, I was just shocked that he was going to make an appearance at Pro Wrestling Tee. So if, yeah. if, if, I, if I can get tickets to meet him, get a picture with him, get an autograph with him, um, I'm good for the week. That's all I care for. <laughs> Dude, for as much as I would love to meet CM Punk, because I would. I love CM Punk too. Who doesn't? Um, I, do, I highly doubt I'm going to lack the motivation to make sure I get one of those 200 tickets. So if that's just something I can just live vicariously through you for as you experience that, well, then – so be it. Can you get the motivation to fight for those tickets for me? Because if I can't get them and you get them, then like, can you just like push them my way? Yeah, I'll, the throw, I'll throw a drop yeah. kick your way. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what, if you guys don't get tickets, you need to roll up on uh, pro wrestling tees and a tank similar to DX. Uh, so that, uh, that, 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 that's what you need to do. Just I'll, hostile I'll just, takeover. I'll send... I'll stand outside of pro wrestling tees with a boombox on my in my hands over my head, just play, just just say just playing some Lionel Richie or something. If yeah, 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 comes out. I'll just a little bit of Peter Gabriel, some John Cusack thing. Uh huh. Yeah. So like I will I will just stand in the walkway of the store, crisscross with a mic, and say I have something to say, and I'm not leaving the store until I speak my mind. I am the voice of the voiceless, and I'll just cut a shoot promo just in the middle of the store. And, Maybe if and I, then it, it's at that exact moment when you get hit by the taser. Yes. <laughs> Maybe if I just sh- Maybe if I just shout Mickey Gall sucks cock, they'll let me in. <laughs> I feel like I will either one of two things will happen. I'll either get tased by a bodyguard or CM Punk will get up and punch me in the face. One of those yeah. two things will happen. Either one. I have a great story to tell. That, oh, that's yeah. true. Life is a series of getting great stories to tell. That, that, Absolutely. That's all it is. In fact, in fact, I, I will rewind the conversation a little bit and I'll share you. I'll share a great story. I've already shared this on Inside the Ropes, but I know that a lot of people listening probably don't even know what Inside the Ropes is. So this is I, would, I wouldn't say that. Put yourself over a little bit more. I'm the, pretty sure people know Inside the Ropes. A <laughs> little, little bit of a humble brag, but if you do not listen to Inside the Ropes, here is a bit of a story. I had a heinous Horrible rib played on me, you guys. Uh, my, my cohort and my partner in crime, Kenny McIntosh, uh, I, I was talking with him while we were at the event. And I said, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll do something nice for everybody. I had just gotten a new job like that week. And I was like, with my bonus money, 
I'll buy catering for the crew. That'd be nice. We'll, we'll do that. So I, he goes, yeah, that would be great. Uh, go ahead and order some pizzas. So I get everybody's pizza order, <clears throat> order, I think it was like four or five pizzas, right? So I have those delivered and people are starting to come in at this point. I think you guys may have even been there at that point, Austin. And, hey. I, and, and, and so I said, hey, uh, where should we put these pizzas? Because, you know, if we have them just out in the open, I don't want people just coming in and stealing the food for the crew. And he goes, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Tell you what. Take the pizzas down the hall and go down the only set of stairs that's uh, in the venue. And uh, there will be a table right there, right through the door. Set the pizzas on that table. And I go, perfect. That's great. So I do exactly as he says. I go down those stairs, the only stairs in the entire building. There is a table right there. And I plop the pizzas down and uh, I look up and straight ahead is uh, two children. And I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. I, you know, I thought this place was like 18 plus, you know. So I was like, oh, you know, it's probably like the owner's kids or something in the back, you know, didn't think much of it. I go to turn to walk back up the stairs and tell everybody that the food's downstairs. There is Paul Heyman. <laughs> and I begin to realize, you guys, Kenny has set me up. <laughs> he sent me into Paul Heyman's personal private dressing room. Oh, no. no. To deliver catering for our crew. That would be one of the scariest things I think I would have Because he will children, eviscerate you. <laughs> with his children right there, his family, which is off limits. That was the one thing that we were told. Any topic is good to discuss, but his children are off limits. And meanwhile, there's his kids. And my, I just lose, I am so flushed. I like lose all the color in my body. My career is over. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. And then Paul <clears throat> over in the corner goes, is that a pizza, sir? And I go, oh <laughs> God, what kind of pizza is it? Is it a jambalaya pizza, sir? Is that a gumbo pizza in New Orleans, Louisiana, sir? And I just immediately go, Mr. Heyman, I sincerely apologize. I think there's been a mistake. And he's just like, he's grinning ear to ear at this point. <laughs> and, and, and I go, sir, I'm going to leave these here. Please have some pizza. Children, if you would like some of this pizza, feel free. And he goes, is it New York style? And I said, well, it's New Orleans style. So it shares the word new in it. And that's about as far as it goes to New York, I think. So I immediately went back upstairs and I run to Kenny. And I have the death stare on my face. And the second I make eye contact with him, He's grinning ear to ear, just like Heyman. And he goes, what is it? And I go, you know, good Scottish prick. You know exactly <laughs> what you did to me. You set me up. This is all a big rib. You sent me down there to hand deliver the catering for Paul, for our crew to Paul Heyman and his children down there. And he goes, oh yeah, about that. Uh, can you go back downstairs and get the pizzas and bring them upstairs? And I begin talking through French <laughs> teeth, and I stomp 
downstairs. Oh, and no. I, and I go, Mr. Heyman, I'm sorry. There has been a horrible rib that has been played on me. I must take these pizzas and bring them upstairs. <laughs> you are welcome to eat them. I go downstairs. There's my fucking wife standing oh, there. Oh, no. Pizza with Paul Heyman. Just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so he was I, in I, on the rib. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, well, I, I don't think she was. I just think she didn't care. She was just like, I'm hungry, motherfucker. I'm eating pizza. So <laughs> I, I, I grabbed the pizzas, and Paul Heyman is just like grinning ear to ear even more now. He, he had like a Cheshire uh, Cheshire cat grin oh, on his Christ. face. And, and I bring the pizza upstairs, and I just hang my head in shame. And then whenever I got to uh, formally introduce myself later in the evening after the show, I said, you know, I never thought that my lasting impression with you, Paul, as a longtime ECW fan throughout the 90s, I never thought that my long-lasting impression would be pizza delivery man. But <laughs> apparently that is the role that God has given me this evening. You know <laughs> what? You take what you can. I, I, I got a great story out of it. Oh, yeah, that's a tremendous yeah. story. Yeah, that's Thank yeah, you. that's one you can definitely roll out for parties and all it, that. Kind it was of stuff. when when Austin told me he was going to meet Paul Heyman. I was like, listen, if you muster up the courage to get a soundbite for the podcast, that's oh. incredible. But also, I totally understand if you're terrified to ask him for that, because I, too, would be terrified to be like, yo, Paul Heyman, can you shout out my podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. A a a absolutely terrifying. Uh, one of our buddies, uh, Kayfabe Jobber, if you uh, want to look at Yeah, Kayfabe Jobber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Assad's his name. He he's a great guy. Re really funny. Uh, he got a soundbite for his podcast, well, for his YouTube channel from Paul Heyman. And uh, you guys should probably go over and look at that if you want to see what you spared yourself from. I did okay. see. I, I, you know, I think I might have saw that because yeah, I think the the thumbnail just Paul just looking looking at him like with the biggest stink face. Oh, oh, the most disdain that one person can have for another is what <laughs> Paul Heyman had for the kayfabe jobber. So definitely go over there and uh, check out the cringe that you guys. All right, Austin. Well, I think we dodged a bullet there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My name is Paul Heyman, and this podcast is the worst. <laughs> Something There's no about doubt. That. There's no doubt. He 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 would have hit you up with it real hardcore. I probably oh, yeah. still would. And then there would, I would have, and then again he would have just he would have he would have buried us, and I would have been like, okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank Mr. You, Heyman. Sir. That's that's all you can say. It's all you can say. All you can really say. I will yeah. say if I ever get the chance to meet him, like I can cross that off my bucket list of heroes i get to meet his picture he took with me like i want that framed and i want that to be the picture that you put like by my funeral just the picture of paul <laughs> ham and just giving me a stink eye like as he looks at me and he's just like as was, you're smiling just... as I'm just, i got the biggest dopey smile on my face and paul's just looking at me like what's up fucker <laughs> oh, my. oh man yeah so that was good. he's such a good guy yeah and i cannot thank him enough for the opportunity to meet with me and just how great he did with your guys' show. Um, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he knocked it out of the park completely. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, this is some news that recently happened, and I wanted to talk about this too, coming back over towards um, WWE as we're 
as we're coming towards the end of this podcast, um, I wanted to talk about the second ever UK championship tournament that they are having once again at the Royal Albert Hall in London, England. Um, some of the people they've announced for this have me very, very excited. We got the Iron Man Joe Coffey got announced. Um, Joseph Connors is coming back. Travis Banks, uh, they're throwing Drew Gulak in there from 205 Live. Um, Kenny Williams, Gentleman Jack Gallagher also. Um, apologies if I miss any names. You guys could throw some more in there. El Liguero. Yeah, and of course, El Liguero. Yeah, that El was- Liguero, complete with the, uh, with the mask that has the, uh, the, the Union Jack on it. I was like, what? El Liguero, really? What, what, what part of Leeds is El Liguero from? You know, he's <laughs> just there. He's there. <laughs> I will say, I'm excited for this tournament, but also I am very, I have mixed emotions. I'm excited because I think it'll be good wrestling. But yes, the fact that they only booked these, I feel like they've only booked all of the UK wrestlers they have. So, um, so they can't go work for World of Sport. Um, just makes me really upset because they could be flourishing, absolutely flourishing there with their own promotion their own company but i mean they're going where the money is which is understandable like get paid get your money but it's just i i fear that wwe has signed all this talent and they're just not going to use them besides this tournament that's that's a uh, really good point it, it's essentially wrestling cock blocking right that, 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 that's, let, let, let's just cut to the chase and call it what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's, WWE is very good with that, though. I mean, Vince did that with the freaking territories back in the back in the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. With, without question, nothing out of the ordinary. No, no, nothing out of the ordinary. This is par for the course. It's straight from the textbook. It's absolutely one of their favorite plays in the playbook. Uh, this is, uh, a, 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 as you said, this is going to be fantastic wrestling. Where it goes from here, though, I mean, they really haven't done too much with the UK title in terms of exposure on uh, WWE TV either. And so, yeah, yeah, that, that's the issue. He's definitely uh, they, they definitely as a company, they, they showcase the title in the UK by sending the UK champion uh, to various uh, places. Uh, I, I in all honesty, I'll, I'll be honest. I have no idea exactly where that title has been defended. I know that it gets ICW progress, I would imagine, but it it gets around. But and so locally, it's a great thing. But in terms of exposure, I feel like they over promised and under delivered. They were supposed to have the thing with Jim Ross to where that was going to be like a uh, I don't know if it was going to be weekly, but it was going to be probably monthly or the older where they would be able to uh, call the action at least once a month. And they they really under delivered on that. They they had it lined up to where Jim Ross was going to do commentary for those shows, and nothing ever happened with it. So I, I'm I kind of fear that that's going to happen again. And Jim Ross capacity. wouldn't even have to leave his house. He could just you could pre-record it, send him it, and you could record from his house like he does with Access if you really right need right like, right. It's it, it's it, there, there's local studios that he could do it from, and it's just. Uh, Kind of a bummer that, that it never really uh, progressed anywhere last year. So I'm excited for the wrestling, and I'll definitely watch the tournament, and I like the night stories in, in that bubble, but I, I feel like they've just under-delivered with it so much in the past that it's kind of, 
it, it, it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? Boy who yeah. cried wolf. If they do like a monthly show, like I will, I'll, I'll eat my words because at least I get to yeah. see these wrestlers wrestle and wrestling consistent. But I feel Absolutely. like I feel like once this tournament's over with, they'll send a lot of the people that went first round back to the UK, and then the bigger names that, quite frankly, that have have become names due to the fact that they have put themselves over and have not had anything to do with WWE, such as Alagero, such as, you know, Coffee and Travis Banks, you know, they'll turn up at NXT. Uh, sometimes Travis Banks was on 205 Live, but like they could be doing more. <laughs> yeah, they, they really could. I it, it seems like they've just done the bare bones basics, so to speak. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. And like we got we got some glimpses of good from the UK championship with like matches like with um with just when um when uh Pete Dunn won the title off of Tyler Bate, we had that and you know, you know, Tyler uh Pete Dunn would show up on takeovers and do some stuff and like be on NXT but not really defend the title. So at least he got some he got some airtime, so to say, but like there could have been a lot more. I think it was just mostly just a big disappointment of what it could have been as opposed to what it was. And, and that shows you that they really didn't have a plan. Like they didn't do this with the intent of, Oh, we're going to make a UK show. They did this with the intent of, we need to make sure none of these guys can be at um, world of sport, snatch them yeah. all. Up. Oh, they're starting to do it again. Snatch them up. Like, yep. I yep. mean that that's business, I guess. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm business, say. But it doesn't mean I have to like it. Yes. Yeah, it, it, exactly. That That is a uh, corporate America at its worst. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now with now with that, too. And I know it's I know it's rather old news, but I just wanted to get the opportunity to shit on this. Um, I wanted to talk about backlash since we had never gotten the chance to talk about it on uh on on ringmasters um and i and i got the chance to listen to you and kenny uh just bash that show and it was <laughs> it was it was very entertaining to watch um i must say because i've i think it, it it had been a very long time since the show had pissed me off that show pissed me off right and you know i don't even think it was necessarily about the quality of the show overall I think what made people so mad is that the product is just coming off of WrestleMania season when it should be at its hottest, you would argue. And it feels like it's a little stagnant all of a sudden. And then on top of that, you have all of these guys winning that we didn't want to see win. You had Samoa Joe losing the way that he did, which is exactly as I predicted would happen. But nobody seemed to want to believe it because it was the worst case scenario. And you guys, I get pegged as a pessimist a lot. I I love the WWE whenever they do it right. But the problem is, is I usually aim for the worst case scenario whenever I'm predicting anything. And I'm right a lot of the time. And that pisses people off a lot. I mean. Right, right. Because when I was a child, my aunt told me, she goes, always prepare for the worst and hope for the best. But. Always prepare for the worst. That way you're ready whenever it comes true. And that's sound life advice. And I take that into every WWE show. That way, whenever the absolute worst doesn't happen, I'm pleasantly surprised by it. 
you say you're looked at as, as you know, the, the pessimist. I, I think that's definitely my role on this podcast, too. Like, I'm much, I'm, 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 I'm much more the optimist on this show. I'm definitely, which, which, which I'm a very optimistic person in my real life, but it's yes. just, when I talk about wrestling, I just specifically WWE. Yeah, specifically WWE. This company just doesn't, it doesn't, like, every time they do something awful, I'm like, I can't believe they did that. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, I'm fucking not. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not surprised at all they did this. Like, right. exactly what you said. Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns main eventing Money in the Bank. That sounds like an idiotic decision. And yet, if it happens, I will not bat an eye. I'll be like, yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> how do we yeah. How do we want the finish for Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles to go on? A match that has proved itself in New Japan Pro Wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom as one of the best matches of those two men's career. I know. Let's have them both kick each other in the dick and yeah. not answer the referee's 10 count in a no disqualification match. match. <laughs> after, like, after, by the way, they had already been counted out at the previous one. So shouldn't there have been no count outs? Yeah. I mean, Road Dog Jesse James booked it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old Road Dog. Here's the thing. I, I, I love Road Dog. I've talked with him on Twitter before. He seems like sure. a great guy. But, like, when sure. you on a, on a, I remember it was either an Instagram live or a Facebook live thing where Renee Young was talking with Road Dog. When he goes and he goes, be right back. I got to go ruin SmackDown Live. Listen, first of all, you should have never brought that up. Second off, don't show, pro- like, don't tell us, prove it. Prove that you know what you're he doing. Is, prove that he's proving that he's ruining SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. Prove, <laughs> prove that you can do a good job and not just be like, "Oh, pff, I know what I'm doing." You guys right. shut up, and then you give us that finish to Shinsuke aging. How have you ruined this feud? See, it's yeah. one of those things. I look at and again, like for for what he's done in the wrestling business, like you know, respect. Like you're you're a legend. However, he has the same mindset that. My least favorite human being in the history of professional wrestling, Jim Cornette, has in this business. And <laughs> and that's the unwillingness to accept the fact that the business has changed. Um, I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast reluctantly uh, every week because I like getting upset, apparently. And he, <laughs> they were talking about he was talking about the all in and how um, and just about the all in thing in general. And he said that, um, you know, he gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he said, but he said, I will never show up there because I'm not a fan of what they do. And I am like from the the wiser generation that likes old school wrestling. And there are some kids that are smart and are smart and also really like the old school wrestling. But what they're doing, I'm not a fan of. And like stuff like that and and stuff like what what, uh, Road Dog is doing just infuriates me because, damn it, it is 2018. Like... That shit doesn't fly anymore. We are more. We are a more intelligent audience. We're not going to watch your pay per view that you half ass book and think they're gonna watch it because it's WWE. Damn it! Like that's not good enough anymore. Like you are going to lose to New Japan Pro Wrestling if you don't get your shit together and adapt to the times. Look at fucking All In sold out in literally a half an hour. <laughs> they're giving tickets away to their shows. Now, I will play devil's advocate a little bit for uh, Jim Cornette because I listened to him when he appeared on Bustin' Open Radio. Um, and he also said about not showing up for that show, he said um, if they wanted him to show up, he said he could, but he said also he doesn't think the fans there would want him there. Damn right which, I wouldn't. 
Which I think, you know what? That's a good, that's a good point. I feel like, yeah, go ahead, David. Can, can, can I, can I interject here? A, I love Jim Cornette. Uh, one, one of my favorite people. I disagree with his philosophies on wrestling a lot, but as a human being, uh, as, as a uh, neo-socialist, I, I really relate with Jim Cornette in terms uh, of politics. A politics so, wise, I also, okay, fair, yeah. fair enough point. Like, he, 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 he is a, uh, a, a really uh, fun follow on Twitter for that uh, reason. But, and also, uh, that was my merch booth uh, virginity taking. I, I worked Jim's uh, merch booth uh, last year at WCPW, back whenever I worked with Book Culture. But, um, but yeah, the, 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 the thing with uh, Jim, I would love to see Jim at All In. And do you want to know what I would love to see happen? with Jim and all in if I, I, I dislike fantasy booking because my fantasies very rarely become reality. Gentlemen. I wanted to fight Vince Russo. No, no, even better, even better. I would have him come out with that fucking tennis racket and lay waste to the young bucks. Yeah, no. Yeah. He did. He did. He did mention how, if he wanted to, if they wanted him to be a heat magnet, he would love to do that. He's just, he yes. also said though, he's just a little too old to do that though. He said, I, 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 I would love for that to happen. And then for Cody to come in and fucking lay him out afterwards. But right before, right after he lays about with a tennis racket, be like, and that's why these dad cub young bucks spot monkeys are ruining the business. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you could have a guy that he respects, Cody Rhodes, come in and get the heat back from him. And or have CM Punk GTS him. Oh, God. And, and, and see, see, this shit would write itself. And I already know the young, the young bucks are great guys, too. And it's sort of funny, actually. I mentioned on Twitter, I think the Young Bucks and Jim Cornette are more alike than they think, and maybe that might be why they dislike each other so much, because they both know exactly what to give the fans. Every interaction that I saw Jim Cornette give the fans and every interaction that I've ever seen the Young Bucks give the fans, exactly the same. They make sure that those fans walk away going, I'm best friends with those guys now. it's (laughs) It's one of those deals. And so I know that they'd be able to do business if it made sense. And I think it makes all the sense in the world. I would love to see Jim Cornette come in, lay out the Young Bucks, who would be willing to sell for Jim Cornette, I already know for a fact, because they would be willing to do what's best for business. And this would get the whole Internet buzzing about their event that they have their money into. Mm-hmm. And then you, then Jim Cornette would be willing to do the favors for Cody. He greatly respects Cody. There would be zero issues there and everybody would make a lot of money and it would set something up for the future if they wanted to go in that route. And if not, it's a great one night blow off. Okay. I agree. All right. You sold me. I'm all in on that now. Exactly. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, and, yep. and I guess I'm going to backtrack. I, I just don't like his stare. He infuriates me when he talks about wrestling. However, <laughs> for his podcast, when he talks about his like personal stories, like when he gets into screaming matches with Santino Morella, that is hilarious. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that when he great. says, like, I'm not, I didn't go to Slammiversary because it's in Canada, like, that made me pop. Like, they're, like, <laughs> he has the best one liners, too. He's like, like, I'm, I, I like to think I'm a pretty sharp guy and I, I come up with the quick wit pretty well. That guy blows everybody I've ever known out of the park. Like, just out of nowhere, he will zing you and sting you. Just out of nowhere, man. So I, sharp and quick-witted. 
I will say when when like I, and even when he's not trying to be quick witted, when he does when he just calls someone a dumb motherfucker, it pops me. <laughs> like we got this dadgum dumb motherfucker, and it just it just kills me. I en- I I enjoy Jim Cornette, and I enjoy listening to him tell stories. And yeah, I I'm willing to say like I do not agree with a lot of stuff he says pro wrestling wise, sure. but I feel like he presents it in a way where I could be like I can see where you're coming from. But like, it doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And you do it in an entertaining way. Now, the way that you're talking, Chad, about how much you like, how how infuriated he gets. That's what happens anytime I listen to anything that comes out of Vince Russo's mouth. Yes, Uh, I would. Yes, a hundred percent. I I listened to his podcast that he had that where he like went after Cody because he called him a homophobe, and I lost brain cells. I do not want to hear. Anytime I hear the word bro, I get. Nom flashbacks. I won't Whoa. even watch his podcast because I won't give him the satisfaction of getting a view. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and if there's any more reason to listen to Inside the Ropes, we are a known enemy of Vince Russo. Oh, thank oh, God. oh yeah, a wonderful. Yes, I, I will say. He has publicly called out uh, Kenny McIntosh, the uh, owner and proprietor of Inside the Ropes, uh, for his views on wrestling. So that's all you need to know. If you want a ringing endorsement of why you should check out Inside the Ropes. And, so and, I, will, and I will yeah, also so say, and I will yeah. also say, I respect the fact that Jim Cornette said, like, you know, I trash what their style of wrestling. So it'd be really hypocritical of me if I took a payday and go there. So I yeah. won't. Whereas yeah, Miss Russo yeah. literally was like, I'm all in, bro. And Cody <laughs> was like, no, you are not all in. You stay the, the, far the, the away second, from us. The, the, the second that he got denied from all in, he was like, well, I didn't want to be there anyway. <laughs> He's such a child, like legitimately. Yeah, he, he really and he it really bothers is. me too. I think the thing that bothers me, the thing that bothers me is not even the fact that he's a dumb motherfucker. Um, the thing that bothers me is that people listen to him. How does he have an audience? That's well, those stubborn WCW fans that want to go back to the glory days of wrestling. It's like uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like the same market Cornette has, except Cornette's market are just better quality human beings. I just let's be honest. Let's be it's honest. A, it's Donald a small. Trump it's a small president. Yeah. True. Okay. You know, okay. <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> like oh my god. Like I. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. I'm just oh god. I just can't. Listen, I, bro. I, I like thinking to it. No, bro, stop. Bro, <laughs> Chad, bro, let I, me tell you something. Bro. I will. I will remove you both from this call. <laughs> let me tell you something, bro. I was the one that pitched Cody Rhodes' idea of all in, bro. Dude, that Hulk Hogan oh, thing man. was just like whoa. Oh man. Oh, but I, I will say though, I'd give my left kidney to watch Jim Jim Cornette and uh, Punch Vince Russo though. Whatever promoter gets them in the same building to fight, I will pay all my money. Anybody who punches Vince Rosso in my eyes is like, I will give them my firstborn child. (laughs) It's like, you are a good person in my eyes. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Fighting evil at every uh, every corner. Like Jim Cornette, like, bothers me. But as you can, as you've heard, I at least check out his podcast. I'm subscribed to his YouTube channel. Follow him on Twitter. So, like, uh, clearly, I, I pay more attention to him than I do Vince Russo. Right, because he was at least once relevant in, yeah. in the spectrum of uh, what was then the current professional wrestling scene. Yeah, I still as, want, as I want to somebody admit it, saying that they claiming that they created Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock and Mr. McMahon. Yeah, 
I, I, I am all for a Jim Cornette Hall of Fame induction and getting him a live microphone. Vince Russo should never <laughs> step foot at, like anywhere near a WWE production again. And if he ever shows up on my TV, I will re-throw it out my window like I did for the John Cena uh, Undertaker match. Yes, this man. This man was also. Yeah, I. I don't know if I told you much about this, David, but this man, Chad, um, despised the fact that the Undertaker came back at WrestleMania. He despised yeah. it. it. It couldn't have been worse than Sandra, uh, who has a known hatred of the Undertaker, like flat out rage-inducing hatred. Was it Undertaker? Know. I thought it was Randy Orton that she hated. She she hates both of them. Oh, I didn't oh, even know that. I, I mean, know. I understand hating Randy Orton. He, he bores I, I, me. I can't he understand me how. Right, right. I, I can't understand how anyone could hate the Undertaker. But meanwhile, she absolutely despises it. So the fact that he came back and beat John Cena in two minutes—oh boy, you should have heard the drunken rants at the hotel room <laughs> after. That I mean, match. yeah, we we ran into you in the elevator. I would have loved you to did. that. Yeah, you, you guys did. were at our hotel, yes. which is amazing. Yeah, what what floor were you on, Austin? Oh Christ, I don't even remember that. That I like four, I think. Uh, okay, okay, we were on ten. So there you go. That's and probably I, that's probably my favorite. Like one of my things I'm looking forward to the most about All in Weekend is like there's a very good possibility that I bump into a wrestler in the hotel. Oh, all the time, all the time. Even like whenever we uh, stayed in Chicago Ridge and saw Ring of Honor, I guess, uh, oh boy, five, six years ago, like we ran into Adam Page like nine times because he stayed in the room next to us. So it's, That's awesome. Now, 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 now he's like an international star as Hangman Page. Back then he was a greenhorn. I would have room yeah. service bring him a Pop-Tart every hour. It, it, it was funny because, you know, he he was like one of the young guys who was doing the matches where it was like the 10-man uh, crazy-ass scrambles and everything. And so whenever we met him, I was like, oh, hey, man, uh, great job in there today. You're really, you know, you're learning the ropes and everything. Very humble guy. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> now, now he's going around hanging, motherfuckers. What what happened? Hey, not now. Can you imagine now he's the same room next to you? Hey, man, you're really learning the ropes out there. <laughs> what did you say? I'm gonna hang you from your hotel room. <laughs> I'll show you how well I've learned the ropes. I'm gonna oh, do it, no. flip Gordon, and put you through this your table. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, so, and I'm also I, I'm also excited for all in mostly because it'll be my first independent show that I've ever gone to. I'm I've. I have gone on record saying I I enjoy I enjoy all wrestling, but I've I've stayed in the lane of mostly WWE just because it's the easiest for me to get my hands on, right. and like cinch my teeth in so that way I'm like okay I got this. Um, I would need to cut myself off from all life forms and then just like binge watch Ring of Honor and New Japan and all the other independents so that way I get a full understanding because that's what happens. Like that's what happened when I got into WWE. I just cut myself off and I'm like, this is all I'm watching right now. Um, I, so. I have found the best way because like when I got into wrestling, you know, especially when I discovered the independence, I had the same problem. I was like, man, I like, I don't know who any of these people are. I had the hardest time getting into stories. So I, what I did is I just picked a show. I watched it. They will tell you what, what has happened going up to this feud in the video package because with, with every company, they do it. And then from there you just go like, that's I mean, I, 
I, I just hope for most other shows, unlike WWE, their commentators talk about su- what's going on in the ring rather than, oh, this other person's going to be on the show later tonight. See, it's hard to do that when you're watching New Japan, though, because I got into New Japan watching Japanese commentary, so I had no fucking idea what it was. <laughs> I literally, the New Japan I'm sure they were doing a good job of wrestling alone. Like, Yeah, I'm sure they were doing a good job, though. Oh, yeah, no, I mean... I still prefer watching New Japan with Japanese commentary because it just if it just brings me back to the like this 13 year old Chad experiencing it for the first time and being like, what the hell is this? This is fantastic. Like now, now you kids, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to reveal uh, how old I truly am. Go ahead with my, with my answer. How long have you guys been watching professional wrestling? Um, uh, my very first ever wrestling pay per view. Um, was the SummerSlam where Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio fought for Dominic's uh, custody. <laughs> Me, I was first exposed to pro wrestling when I was like like two years old because I was, I like The Rock was my favorite, so I ran around as a kid doing the If You Smell. I have no recollection of that, but the actual <laughs> like first time I legitimately sat down and watched a wrestling, wrestling was 2009, my first pay-per-view being SummerSlam 2009, where John Cena and Randy Orton got restarted seven times, and Jeff Hardy faced off against CM Punk in a TLC match, and Undertaker came back. There you go. Uh, my answer is I've been watching wrestling for 31 years. And uh, my first wrestling match was Big John Stud against Andre the Giant. Woo! So, so. That they're, happened they're... yesterday. Very <laughs> young spry lad. I, I am. I, I am. I am. They, they, uh, they, they do not make a voice this deep and also nasally at the same time. Uh, Overnight, that that's that's something that has to gestate for about thirty-five years. <laughs> As you so, do, yeah, 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 a- a- absolutely, guys. Now, I you guys a wrestling all... fan, though, I dived into everything. Like literally, yeah. I I looked up lo- like if I couldn't watch it, I read about it. Now, see, I was the opposite as a kid because there was no, you know, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have. Uh, the, the only magazines that you could get, and I was too young to read at the time, you know, like five years old or whatever. Uh, the only magazines that you could get had pictures that was like a full color picture on the front of Ric Flair bleeding everywhere. And then, <laughs> and, 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 and then oh, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know who Ric Flair was because all I knew was the WWF at the time. So, yeah, kind of a kind of kind of a fun world. If now, I, I had to say yeah, my, yeah. First, my first uh, wrestling live event had, was the main event of it was uh, Sting versus Ric Flair in a cage match. Damn. uh, I I believe that was, I I can't remember if that was NWA or WCW at the time, but it it was for the title and Ric Flair ended up winning and he uh, got his pants pulled down. So I got to see his butt. So there you go. Uh, If I had, if I had to be exact, I think the first wrestling match I ever saw like in full was WWE ECW Goldust versus Sheamus. Oh, really sorry. that might have been and i was at first i was like who the fuck do i cheer for the guy in black and gold face paint or the pale motherfucker with irish like ginger hair (laughs) oh that's great but uh, and the first live event i went to was in uh flint the main event was triple h and john cena versus legacy so i got to see ted DiBiase jr and cody rhodes um my um i this guy that i know um went to the show too um he he does he does sports for our 
local news station, and um, he's a WWE fan. He brought a sign to the show in the front row that said "Jobber Spit Water," and um, <laughs> they did not like that. Hunter was Hunter was grilling him actually pretty hard, oh, and then like man. and like Cena wasn't very happy. The ref didn't look happy, and then like. He started taking pictures too, and he's like, "Oh, so you're gonna call me a jobber, but now you're gonna take some fucking pictures?" <laughs> and I was just like, "You son of a gun! Like, why? Like, you like? I don't know. Like, I I I respect you for doing that, but at the same time, you're crazy. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna bring that exact yeah, same nuts. sign to all in. Oh, no, no, I, <laughs> I, I I've got a uh, a good parting story for you guys that is uh, more uh, locally based for you guys. Actually, all right, all right. My, my my wife is from Bay City, Michigan. Oh man, love and, Bay and City. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just a hop, skip, and a jump, right? And so, uh, whenever she was a teenager, also a huge wrestling fan, she went to uh, W. She went to Saginaw to see WCW Thunder. Oh my god! And it was it was a uh, terrible event because all Thunders were just atrocious, right? But at the very last minute, somebody got pissed off at Goldberg or something and threw a beer and missed the ring and instead hit my wife, who was oh, ringside. Oh, no. And, and so the parting words of Thunder, like Tony Schiavone or whoever was doing commentary, he goes, and we'll see you next week, folks. And then you hear my wife go, son of a bitch, real loud <laughs> on the camera. So, so that, 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 that's a little bit of uh, Michigan wrestling history. I'm going to go for searching guys. for that now on the network. You, you, you should. There. You should. Look it up and uh, see, see if it's there. We, we should actually look it up, too. We got it on VHS because, you know, back whenever, you, you uh, we, were, back, back whenever we were kids, we taped things on our VHS. So yeah. I remember, I remember doing that when I was younger, but just like very, very younger. What's yes. a VHS? It, it, it is a VCR and it is a cassette tape that you put in there and you press record. Think of it like a DVR, but analog. Oh, there exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you couldn't program anything. You had to manually hit record on it. So it, it was a pain in the ass to Because when I was a kid, you had like Nitro on one TV and Raw on the other. You would record oh, yeah. one. You'd record one and then you'd watch the other. I would usually record Raw and watch Nitro because Nitro was a, just fucking terrible to get through. So you get that out of the way, and then you have the delicious dessert of Monday Night Raw thereafter. You <laughs> eat your vegetables. Yeah, I was yeah. super young. When I was super young, I had to sneak wrestling because my dad thought it was dumb, and my mom didn't want me to watch it. So I had to like when my mom wasn't in the room wrestling, and then I had it set for as soon as she walked in, flip the channel to like SpongeBob or something. I, I, my mom, yeah, my mom also cannot stand wrestling, and she actually on our at our first live event, the one with Triple H and Cena and Legacy, uh, my entire family, my mom, my dad, my little sister, and um, I, I went to the show, and my mom could not get out of that building faster. She was like, "Oh, do you guys want do you guys want some snacks? Do you guys want me to go to the merch table? Like anything, to, <laughs> anything to get me out of this seat because I do not want to be here." And like she was like letting people in front of her as she was waiting in line for popcorn, and she's like, "Oh no." you can go you can go it's just like didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to see her and then like it's like it's crazy how first full circle that goes too because like as she she did that at our first live event and then when she was in new orleans with us for wrestlemania weekend she didn't go to the show obviously but while we were at mania she met buff bagwell and got me a soundbite for him 
from him. Oh man, Buff and is the stuff. Buff, Buff is, is the stuff. stuff. <laughs> and the girls can't get enough is exactly what he said in our in our soundbite. And oh, oh he was great. he was apparently a very nice guy. They got a picture with him, but yeah, I got a text from my mom while I was at the show. Hey, does the name Buff Bagwell ring a bell? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> of course it does. I'm no, like, how the hell? Perfect. How the hell did you find him? And it's just like he was at the bar that they were at for where they were showing WrestleMania, and someone had mentioned that name. Um, that's but terrific. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. But I was, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm forever grateful for Buff though because they, he was nice to my parents who hate, who, who my mom doesn't like wrestling at all. My dad likes it somewhat. So. Right. Right. Exactly. And but, didn't yeah. your mom? And didn't your mom ask Buff Bagwell, "Are you the wrestler?" I think so. I think. <laughs> Are you the wrestler? <laughs> I appreciate the kindness to to Buff Bagwell for talking to some non-marks um, who have no idea what's going on. Because I would have been like, yo, Buff! My man! Yo, my man! Where's I would have bought him a, yeah, I would have exactly. been like, you're at, a, you're at a bar? I'll buy you a beer, just so I can buy Buff Bagwell a drink. Exactly, just so go. I can say that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's. I think this is a great way to end the podcast. Um, thank you so much, David, for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. And also, I would love it if you could send a little message to your good buddy, Kenny, who obviously is a good friend of mine as well, because I met him three times, so that makes us friends. Of course, um, of course. If, he, if, he, if he ever wants to come on to the show and just chit-chat any type of wrestling, or if he ever wants to throw us a bone in, like if you are out, or if Sandra's out, or there needs to be an opening field, us two are always ready, willing, on the bench to take, take the run and get on the field. 40 bucks is in my pocket. Exactly. First of all, if you're going to jump on the field, you got to take off all your clothes. That, that's okay. Be, that, 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 that's the first uh, are you kidding me? line I'm, of initiation. I'm, are you kidding me? I'm already clothesless. Right I was going to say, way ahead that's of fair. That, that That's fair. We, we are not on the video Skype. So that that is that is also very Absolutely. fair. Absolutely, yeah. But, but yeah, th- thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We had uh, some great banter. We've had some great analysis. Uh, this was a great show, you guys. And I'll tell you what. I would love to come back on later uh, later in the season. How's that sound? Maybe that we can review great, all in. Yeah, that's a- a- great, absolutely. man. Absolutely. Anytime, yeah. anytime you want to come back, man, we'd love to have you. And everybody, be sure to go show your love to Inside the Ropes. Follow them on Twitter and check out their podcast. Subscri- like, subscribe to them on their Patreon, too, because these guys are doing some incredible work. Subscribe to their YouTube channel, too, because there are some great interviews on there from your good friend, Kenny. Um, you guys yeah, are doing yeah. some incredible work, too. Um, Kenny, Kenny especially, because I got to talk to him, too, while he was still part of uh, With What Culture and uh, yeah. with the with the cultaholic guys too, who have also been on this podcast. So I've, I, I appreciate everything that you guys do for the wrestling industry and for the YouTube world of wrestling. Um, and I just hope nothing, nothing but more success for you guys. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. You can, uh, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, inside underscore the ropes. And, uh, you can find me on Twitter at zoop soul. That's Z double O P S O U L. Ain't I great. Exactly. Exactly. Got, 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 got the old Hall of Famer. I'm stealing Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett's catchphrase there. Did we yeah, all sing exactly. that to close the show? <laughs> now, now. In my days working. Yeah. No. None of that. None of that. None of that. I'm not drunk enough yet for. Yeah. Uh, exactly. For all right. Yeah. Well, we'll do me. Me and you, David. We'll uh. We'll we'll get lit for all in, and then we'll sing at. at to, as I'm going. Do a live I'm going to be at the. I I I will be at that karaoke show that's being put together by the villain Marty Skrull because I would love to sing with Marty. Any song doesn't matter. 
I, I I tear up a bit of karaoke. You give me some no diggity by Blackstreet. Dude, gonna... I will do that with you. That is like yes. that song. Is, you and me karaoke, dude, we'll tear the freaking house. I'm going to sing Pile Driver to, to pop the boys in the back. <laughs> yeah. And as for us, you can follow me on Twitter at szoomer4 and our good friend Chad. You can follow him. Uh, you can follow me at the Chad 100. And be sure to follow the Ringmasters Twitter at Ringmasters Pod. And be sure to subscribe to us here on YouTube, you, uh, Ringmasters Podcast on YouTube. But yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us for this incredibly special Inside the Ropes esque episode of Ringmasters this summer. And we'll catch you guys next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>